podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, welcome to the Ken 7 podcast. Um, I've got another football chat for you today. And joining me today is AD Feeling Super Hairdresser to the Stars. AD, would that be accurate? Um, not for the past 12 months, I haven't been. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've, um, I've spent the last 20 years basically in the hairdressing and barbering game and I do various different TV stuff. But I started off my, my actual first celebrity client was a footballer, which was kind of ironic that I've my whole sort of career, my whole life has been wrapped around football. Football Mate, be, is my shy. You can name drop. You, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge you for name dropping. I can't name drop on here because one of the the main footballer is kind of pled for the other city. <laughs> no, I mean David Beckham. David Beckham gave me my break in yeah. in my game. I was only hairdressing a couple of years, and he's seen some of my pictures and. I created all the kind of mohawks and all that whole craze that went on. But I, I kind of, we used to giggle and laugh that I was a Liverpool fan. And obviously he was obviously at United at the time, but I have a love of football. I'm not one of your quintessential uh, football fans that I just love Liverpool. I love the game of football and I respect the game of football. And I have a very open opinion on other teams, but, the Holy Grail is Liverpool Football Club and it's my the first day of lockdown ended. I jumped on a train just to touch the gates, the Shankly gates, and just to tie a scarf around the gate to congratulate the team on winning the league that I waited most of my adult life. So I'm a Liverpool diehard. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about that in a second, but just let me just stick to the the um, you know, your career. Yeah. How does that work? You know, the Beckham, the Mohawk thing, you said that you were responsible for that. How does that work? Does he come to you and say, I want something different? Or has he already got the idea in his head? Well, it was, no, it was, I had a phone call. I had just won sort of men's hairdresser of the year and it was televised that year. And I had a phone call and I turned up at the studio and it was a photo shoot for Adidas, Raul Batistuta. Remember Kanija, the referee with the bald head, the scary yeah, yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Raul Batistuta, um, David... Gabriel Batistuta. Gabriel Batistuta, Zidane Zidane. So you can imagine, as a football fan, it's like, this is crazy. So I treated it like any other haircut in the sense of, you know, be professional, do your job, don't ask for autographs, don't ask for pictures, do your job, do a good job and leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... But that's how it came about. It was purely by chance. A very, very dear friend of mine knew a, a Victoria's makeup artist. She said, David is looking for a new hairdresser. Senior pictures. Are you interested? I was like, yeah. And the rest is history. No way. That's incredible. Because, I mean, that, that image of him with the mohawk is burnt into my memory. Was that, I, I feel like that was just before a major tournament for England. It was. It was the GQ cover where he, he had his wearing hats, so no one saw it until he wanted them to see it. I, I, I seem to remember exactly. It was. It was before the 2002 World Cup in Japan. Yeah, and it was that famous GQ cover. It's over there, but it's too low. It's the famous GQ cover where he's standing like this on the cover with his mohawk. Right, and it was it was crazy because I was charging twenty pound for an haircut. 
in Leon Sea in Essex, a little fishing village. And literally the week that cover came out, back in the day, no social media, no Instagram, no Twitter, no, no Facebook. When that cover came out, my prices just went from £20 to £300. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And, and I had a queue. It was literally one of those kind of like one of those Hollywood movie sort of romantic movies where they make their break and there's a thousand people queuing up and there's a, a, a news crew. There was 10 different news crews outside the shops from different countries, Japan and Asia and America. I was like, it's a haircut. Yeah, but it's, it's like that was like viral before viral yeah. was a thing. Before social media, that was viral. You've been on the cover of a, or your work has been on the cover of a magazine like GQ, which was massive back in the day. So it's, it's mad. To, I bet you that was an incredible experience at the time. It was, when it changed my life, I, I suddenly got nominated for this, this and this. And then obviously I landed some big covers and then everyone wanted me to do their hair. It was royal families. I was being flown to Dubai on private jets to, do, to <laughs> clean up their hair. No. I was, no. I, was I, I was doing some princes and kings and basically they would say, come to Dubai, we'll book a plane. I'd turn up security trim their sideburns and it was 500 so when people say what's the most expensive haircut you charge by the hour like any tradesman does so i was 500 pound an hour so it was 500 pound to go to the airport 500 pound for the flight 500 pound to rest for four or five hours then the haircut then 10 hours stay overnight and then it was the flight back so when they say what's the most expensive haircut you did it's not actually the haircut that cost 20 grand it was the it was the time. Like if you said to a tradesman, paint a wall, it's going to take me an hour. I'll charge you a hundred pounds if it's yeah. going to take me five. Hours. So yeah. it kind of went bananas. It was kind of like back in the day, like I said, before social media, David tra- took football and took fashion and fused them. Mm-hmm. And he was brave enough to have those haircuts back in the day. If you said, I'm going to give you a 19, it was kind of like an interpretation of the movie taxi driver with De Niro. Yeah. And I thought if I could soften it out a bit and make it a bit more commercial, even back then I was thinking commercially, if yeah, I can yeah. make it more commercial. So I softened it out and life changed. It yeah. literally changed. Not I could not for me in the sense of people knew who I was, cause, but in the sense of agents, TV companies, magazine companies, royal families, celebrities, footballers. I mean, I was doing, you name it, I was doing it. And it was just on the back of, yeah i mean it shows everything it it's um i always think this with with going to the barbers there's a there's a certain amount of trust between yourself and the person who's cutting your hair and for you him to allow you to do that he must have really trusted you because very image if that had looked terrible then you he would have had a problem you could have had a lawsuit well it was it was a scenario where I mean, he was an incredible looking dude and whatever you gave him, I knew, I knew would look cool. Yeah. And, but I knew it's like in life, like when you go for an audition or a movie audition or a TV show, you have one chance to make your, per- not your, not your, not your craft shine, but your personality shine. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I could just get to do his hair, the rest would be easy. And it, and it was, I did it in about eight minutes Right. I was so nervous. My hands were sweating. I had to put my scissors down and use clippers. 
Yeah. So I banged out this haircut in like seven, eight minutes. And he kind of was a bit like, is that it? There was no mirror. He was like, is that it? <laughs> and then Victoria kind of walked in and she was just so cool and so positive. And she went, oh, it looks amazing. And then we went to the other part of the, the trailer and there was a mirror and he was like, oh, it's, I love it. It's really cool. And I was like, yeah, yeah. relax. Yeah, totally. That's it. totally. If, if I had trimmed it, you can get anyone to trim your hair. Yeah. I had to make a massive gamble on doing that, something. So was really, that your idea, the mohawk? Yeah, it was my oh. idea initially. Right. And then as that haircut progressed, David came up with the idea to put the cut the blonde. You remember the blonde yeah. mohawk? Yeah. And then I started putting the scars in and the fades. That's when fading, now fading is the biggest thing in our game in Barbary. But I put that first really sharp fade in the old 1950s fade with a 1990, uh, 2000 mohawk attached to it. So it was yeah, kind of yeah. like... I took three things, a bit like what you're what you're doing with the fashion, with the clothing. Yeah. It's it's taken a great concept and putting a modern twist with it, and that's all it is. It's yeah. I didn't I didn't create it. I recreated. Rehashed it. It's like song haircut. songwriters <laughs> borrowing. It's like songwriters borrowing from different yeah. songs. That you know, there's this crazy. There's influences everywhere, and people might call it stealing, but it's being influenced. At the end of the day, there's certainly in there's nothing original nowadays, but it's a rehash. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, everything's um, been done. Yeah, and everything goes in full circle. What's trendy today will be naff in twenty years, but in forty years it'll be cool again. So all I did was nicked a bit of history, put it on an extremely cool guy, put my twist to it, took a gamble, and went. If he likes it, he likes it. If not, I'm sacked. But it worked for you, so that's good. But it worked. So that's my kind of introduction into that world of celebrity and what a time and what a person. What? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any it, bigger. It was perfect. Let's get you. Um, let's get into you. You being a Liverpool fan because I know you're a rabid Liverpool fan. Where's that come from? I'm Irish. Right. So when you're an Irish, how I first got into football, I was actually born in Ireland, believe it or not. And there's two teams you pick from. It's either Liverpool or Manchester United. Very, very simple. And I remember being, I think I was like three or four. I'm 49 now. So it was 45 years ago. And I don't know if it was live or if it was on the news, but I remember that amazing goal that Sir Kenny scored. And I remember my brother Martin jumping up, who was two years older than me to the day. We're both born on the same day, two years apart. And I remember him running over to that corner flag and just doing that famous jump up. And I went, I remember going outside with my brother Martin with a with the mitre football. It was called mitre, I think, back in the day. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I remember just trying to recreate the Kenny Dalglish moment. And that was it. That I mean... I fell in love with football then, but then the first time going to the ground, I'd been to many, 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 many football grounds, but going to Anfield, it was like going to church as a Catholic boy on a Sunday. It was walking into the cathedral of sound and love and the cop. And I always say to fans, I'm never biased. That's why I'm a very sort of liberal football fan. I like talking about great teams and great managers, but, there was something different about walking into Anfield. It was just that noise and that Coliseum, and I was just hooked. So every time I'd make 20 quid, I used to live in Birmingham, 
I'd go and watch the Reds and I'd buy a ticket. I was 13, 14, 15. And I'd, every time I made a few quid, I'd jump on a train and just get a ticket and, and, and just sit in Liverpool and just watch, watch Liverpool Football Club do what they do. So am I, am I right in saying, do you have a season ticket now? No, I don't have a season ticket so, now. It's the last time I went, the last time, well, I started going back to football, funny enough, when Paul Dalglish took me back the year we won the European Cup. We played, I think it was Juventus, two legs, quarterfinal, was it? Juventus 2005? 2005, yeah, it was and, nil-nil. Um, we, did we win 1-0? No, oh, no, we won 2-1 over here. We and then we won 1-0 over there, didn't we? Yeah. And I remember Paul taking me. And we left the ground about 30, 40 seconds. And I remember saying to my friend, being for years, brother, this is incredible. And that, because it had been like seven or eight years since I had been. And then I just go now, the guys from Sir Thomas, the Flanagans, invite me down. Ah, right. I went to the magical <sighs> Liverpool v Roma uh, when we beat them. 5-2 in the end. We, we five were 5 nil up after about an hour. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was just breathtaking, wasn't it? Breathtaking, breathtaking, watching Salah do thing. And I remember getting a taxi there and a taxi home. And my mate's like, are you mad? I went, <laughs> you told me about that. You got a taxi back to London. Yeah. <laughs> taxi there, taxi back. And my mate's like, are you mad? I went, listen, I'm not a quintessential football fan. I went on my own. I didn't drink loads of beer. I didn't have burgers and pop. I just sat in that auditorium with my agent, funny enough, Dave Reed, and we sat there. And it was just an amazing feeling, that game, mate. It was yeah. an amazing... The only negative part about that night is Alex uh, Axlade-Chamberlain damaged his leg, do you remember? Injury, yeah. I, I was but, at that game. Were you at the game? I was at the game. and I just remember... Because um, I always sit with my, my cousin and my uncle and uh, I just remember looking at them and going... It was disbelief that in a, such a big game we were that good. You know, it was it was utterly breathtaking football that we were playing, and it was just a, it was just a shame that they. I mean, you forget that Allison was in goal for them that night. Yes, I know. You know, and you you couldn't imagine him conceding five goals because of how good he is. But we were just that good, weren't we? And it was just a shame that we lost two goals towards the end of the game, just tainted a little bit. But they, you know, it, it saw us through that the second leg was a, a non-event, really. It's um, funny talking to you about that exact thing you've just mentioned. We got a bit worried when we let Liverpool were normally hanging on a shoestring and were worried about a three goal deficit. But it, yeah. it's that's how that's how spoilt we are under this current regime. We are spoiled. We're spoiled. That's why I know you're asking the questions, but I waited most of my adult life for what happened last year to happen. Mm. And yes, we wanted to be in the ground. And yes, I would have been camped outside for a week if we would had a chance to get in and celebrate. But we need to realise what is happening at Liverpool. It's Forget the football on the pitch, the organisation off the pitch, the recruitment. I'm trying to think of the last time we made a bad signing. Well, I can think of one, but I think he's going to come good. But... We have just got an amazing setup. I go on to other, you're going to laugh at this. I go on to other football platforms to listen to the, the banter like United stand. And 
we are blessed. We, we, are, we are on a platform today where it's very, very hard to criticise Liverpool Football Club because I love the way the club's ran. I love the way it's managed. I love the signing processes. We're always consistent. We have a great fan base. We're staying at home in that amazing stadium. We're, we're building it and building it and building it. And it just feels good. It's always felt good to be a Liverpool fan, even during those 20 years of pain. I think, AD, the, the, the thing was, I remember through, um, say, through the 90s and oh. the early 2000s, I remember being a fan going, looking at other clubs and going, why aren't we more like that? You know, they've got the, the, the shit together. You know, look, look at Man United, they planned that ground properly. Why aren't we more like that? Or why aren't we more like this? Or the, And now, I think the biggest compliment we can pay FSG is that we're that club that people look at, like Man United are certainly, maybe they're getting back up there now, but they're certainly over the last few years looked at us and gone, why aren't we more like them? I, I wish our owners were more like that, certainly. And that really is testament to the, what they've done, I think you would agree, wouldn't you? I Listen, I'm a very, very honest speaking person. That's what's got me into so much trouble in my career and for my opinions I have not got a single bad word to say about um, the, the, the current ownership. Everyone at the end of last year, a lot of other fans were like, oh, they haven't reinvested heavy enough. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Sir Alex used to get one player in every year, a key player, and get that player in. We have built an amazing team, not, not, not superstars. We have got an amazing team. We've and I made think- them into superstars, though, haven't we? Some of them we've bought, your Mane, um, Salah. Robertson. Ini Wijnaldum, Robertson. You know, we've made them into superstars. We've bought them at very in a very, very canny way, haven't we? I mean, when I think about our, our, our bill per client, I put it, I say it as bill per client, that's what I say in the hair world. You talk at the, the, the outgoings and the incomings, we are like ninth down the league for spend because we've spent clever. And if we were to sell our team now, I mean, our front three are 70, 80, except, sorry, I apologise. Salah, you're talking 100 plus. Mane, who's my favourite Liverpool player, is 100 plus. You've got Firmino, 75 plus. You've got Van Dijk, what's he worth? Trent, Robertson, Valden. Mm. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I never criticised Liverpool, but there was a time when certain individuals carried our club. Steven Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, um, uh, back in Sunes, Dalglish, Hansen were the, the pivotal three integral players, Groblar to a degree. With what, what now we have a team of stars. We have we have a team of players. Apart from a little, a bit of niggling I see between Mane and Sally, which I kind of like. I like hunger. I like people that want to score goals. If yeah. everyone's hugging and kissing, I don't think that's, I think you need a little bit of bitterness. I think you need a little bit of aggression. I think you need to be a bit hungrier than the other striker. That's not a bad thing. Well, I mean, that, that, the only analogy I can use with that is it's like Lennon and McCartney in the Beatles. Hugely competitive basically with each song trying to outdo each other. Yes. And what you then get is this amazing songbook of incredible songs because it's the competitiveness that's driving them as well as their talent. And that's certainly, I mean, I think it's worked for us in the past with Salah and Mane. 
this season less so. Salah's been as good as ever, and Marnie's had a bit of a, a poor season. But I mean, that can only be down to the rest of the team as well. I mean, let's get into this season. I mean, how have yeah. you? There's two things I want to ask you. First one is yeah. what do you think about the season? The second one is how has it affected you as being in lockdown and watching football, having to watch on the telly and not having the outlet of going to the match? How well the answer your first question, how I think this season has gone. I watch a lot of affluent, intelligent pundits, and I'm certainly not affluent or intelligent, but it's amazing. When I hear, oh, because Van Dyke went has been out for the season, that people have to remember. Yes, we lost one pivotal, pivotal, pivotal player at the beginning of the season. But what people fail to recognise is we had to drag our midfielders into those back positions. So not only did we lose defence, we lost a midfield. Mm. Now, common yep. sense tells you that when you buy a, a very expensive watch, there's hundreds of little mechanisms. And if one tiny mechanism breaks down, the machine breaks down. Mm-hmm. And I think that considering, considering the injuries, which every team have, I hate weak fans that have weak excuses about we have injuries. We have not just had injuries. We have had a complete breakdown of our team, of our structure. And when you take out Van Dijk and Matip and Gomez and Henderson and Oxlade-Chamberlain, I can go on and on. And on top of that, you lose 5% or 10% of form. Or when you talk about Mane, Salah, Firmino not being on fire, the reason they haven't been on fire is because the press, I don't think the confidence is there to be pressing like we were for the last three seasons. Listen, it's common sense. 97 points, 96 points, whatever we finished on the year we won it. Three consistent years, European club, club World Cup, Premier League Cup. I think it's a blessing that we've had that Van Dyke's had a year off and a break, to be honest. This is, me now being, at it. this is me being really realistic. I argue about other fans about their stadiums. Listen, every stadium is missing their fans. But believe me, I will fight this argument till I'm blue in the face. Liverpool, out of any other club on the planet, needs fans. Mm. And you ask any sensible professional football manager that is willing to answer that question honestly, when you always hear it when Chelsea and Arsenal and Barcelona and Real Madrid come to Anfield, they go, wow, what an atmosphere. Yeah. You know, what an atmosphere. We have missed our fans, yes, but everyone else has. But I truly believe that this year is a blessing. Van Dijk is going to come back healthy, fit and rested. Three years of what he did. Mm. Mane, three years of that. Firmino, three years of that. Trent and Robertson, three. The human body cannot deal with that. I think it's a blessing that we have had a year to recoup to regenerate the players that have done what they've done for us. And I'm quite happy to sit out a year and go, whatever, the hoodoo's been broke. We're still Premier League champions. We're club world champions. We're European champions last year. We are now back consistently performing. This year, average at best. But when you take away all those things, not just Virgil van Dijk, it really upsets me. When you take away the massive amount of injuries, the no fans, 
I'm at, I'm 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 very happy. Shankly always said, you know, it's it's don't just support the fans when they win. It's how how you support the team when they don't win. Mm-hmm. I have never criticised. I've criticised individual performances. I'm not one of those fans that get greedy. I'm extremely happy with the team. I think we're going to make some key signings this year. I think that Van Dijk is going to come back as strong as ever and as determined as ever. And when we have that defence back, that rock, next year, I'm more excited about next year than I was after winning the league this year because I truly believe that we are not robots. Three years of how Klopp works those players, they needed injury. I think they needed a break. Mm, yeah. Next year, no excuses. Fans back in the ground, all our key players back, adding one or two maybe to it. I'm extremely excited. Okay. And not being able to go to the games, not being able to celebrate the, the league after 30 years of pain. It, Liverpool Football Club, as much as I love it, has cost me marriages, relationships and business because I'm just not a nine to five and that goes to an occasional game. I'm obsessed with the club. But we're, we're Premier League champions yeah. and we did it in style. Yeah. And I'm blessed that I... I'm sitting here today talking on this channel about us being current Premier League champions. So I'm not greedy. I'm happy and I'm blessed. <clears throat> so let's um, just to pick up on something you were talking about, because it sounds like you're writing this season off already, but but we we do have a, a tie against Real Madrid. I never mentioned European <laughs> Cup for a big reason. Is because <laughs> back in 2005, I think I remember us coming fifth in the league behind Everton and going on to win the uh, European Cup 3-0 down at half-time. So I think there's your heart as a Liverpool player and then there's your head and then there's the honesty behind it. I truly believe if there was ever a time to play Real Madrid... It's now. Interesting. If there was ever a time to play Real Madrid, it's now. And a lot of teams playing Liverpool now will think, oh, the, the mighty Van Dijk, Henderson, Massip, Gomez, you know, the, these boys end on fire, 20-odd points, whatever it is behind the league. This is Liverpool are not the team, no fans. A, a very, very, very dangerous, two very dangerous team, teams to wipe out when you think they're going wrong is Manchester United and Liverpool. They always seem to do something and we do when the odds are stacked against us. And I truly believe that we have an amazing chance to get through to past Madrid. I mean, past Madrid. And then it's a lottery. Yeah. Are Liverpool capable of turning it on? Yes. All day long. Yeah. Are we capable of turning over Chelsea and City in a, in a champion? Champions League final against City. We have suffered for 30 years, not been able to get over the line in the Premier League. City are having the same issues with the, with the, with yeah. the um, European Cup. It's an extremely hard voodoo. It's an extremely hard thing to crack. Mm. And I think City, respect to them, playing beautiful football, amazing manager, great philosophy. I think it would. I'd love nothing better than to see City and Liverpool get to a final. And you know what? Whoever wins, wins. I love the beautiful game. I love the way they play football. I love the way Liverpool plays football. I know this is a Liverpool channel, but I do love great football, and I yeah. like football played in the right way. So, the answer to your question, this year's not written off. 
I think we will struggle to get top four, I'll be honest with you. And the only tiny, tiny negative of that is if we want that key signing, a Sancho or a, a Mbappe, will they come to a Liverpool that's not in the Premier League, in the Champions League next year? But yeah. then I go Klopp, Anfield, the squad, the history, the ground, the philosophy, the way we play football. Yes, I do believe they'll go. It's one season. Yeah. So I don't think it will stop us signing key players. And I'm not writing off this season, but I'm, a, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. I think it will be very difficult to get in top four. But saying that, nine is it nine games, 10 games? Yeah, nine to, games left. Nine, that's nine, three, 27 points. Well, I, I said we, to someone yesterday, it's, you know, the Liverpool we know, the Liverpool we're watching at the moment isn't the Liverpool we know. You know, no, that, that team needs to rediscover itself. Now, if should it rediscover itself, it's perfectly feasible to say that we could go on a game of eight, eight unbeaten or win, certainly win eight of the nine or yeah. seven of the nine we could win. Um, I was wondering whether that was enough points to get us in the top four, and it might just be, you know, but we'd, we, you know, we'd have to say. The, 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 the thing is, the thing that's going in our favour is everyone's beating each other. I mean... <clears throat> Sheffield United beating United, us losing to Fulham. You've got Man City had a... Before Man City got on their run, I went, oh my God, City's out of this. City's out. And then, Bang. like Liverpool, yeah. that's, why I love, that's why I love talking about City because I don't feel as if I'm, I'm big enough. They play the same football. You can talk about formation and how they sort of attack the game, but we play the beautiful game in a beautiful way. And that's why... When those last five games come, as you know, teams will start to rackle. For Liverpool, it's been a consistency, getting into top four, doing well, being at the top, top-ish towards the league. I think this year we need one or two teams. I think Leicester are that team that can play beautiful football but can suddenly lose two or three. Chelsea, I think, look very attractive. You do, I yeah. think they have a. I think he's stepped in. And this is what I mean about great managers. They can look at a great team and go, this just needs a bit of tweaking. It's like, I can't even believe I'd say this in a conversation, but if Klopp went to United, what he would do to that team. I think United have got great players. I just think you need special people to motivate and tweak, just tweak. So I think... We're 50-50. I'd go, if, if someone was saying, and take an answer, I'd go, I'll go 50-50. We'll if, get if, let me say this to you. If Let's say, do you think we can beat Arsenal in the next game away from home? One million percent. Okay. So if we should we win the next home game after that, which means we've just won the last four, do you think our lads will think, right, we're back. We're, it, watch us go now. I think that those two next games, we won, to, we won the, the game against Leipzig and then we won the game against Wolves. We then got, Arsenal. <clears throat> we got Arsenal away and then we've got another a home game after that. Yeah. I think who it is. Should we win those two games? I think that would be enough to repair their... Repair? Their yeah. I think what we need to do is even go on a two or three win run and a draw. Maybe a couple of wins draw. I don't think it'll be nine wins. But what I do believe is we just need those other teams. I need to, normally I do my homework. I need to get the league up and see who Chelsea, who Arsenal are at. It's Chelsea, Leicester, Man United, isn't it? 
take City out of it. I think the thing is, we we've did. played everyone pretty much. I think yeah, we just need to see where we they. We Man United left to play. Everyone above us, we've we played twice. I think I might yeah. I might be wrong, but I think if you think we've played Chelsea twice, Tottenham chi- twice, Leicester twice, Man City twice, Man City twice, and Spurs twice. Who? Spurs, Tottenham, Spurs twice, and West Ham are up there, aren't they? We've played them twice, and we've Tottenham, played Leicester. Uh, yeah. Tottenham. So so we we've only got Man United left to play out of the top top six seven. Yeah. Um, they've still got to play each other, so there's going to be points they've, dropped. There's going to be points dropped by someone. I truly believe it will be the old, the old scenario. What they do, I think it's in our hands to do what we do. But I, I think it, I think it will be tight, and I think it could be a last game. Mm. Yeah, it could, it could be. be one of those. And who knows? And, and we could be there. Game, we might be in the European Cup final. Who knows? Yeah. I like to be. Oh, I like to dream. We've done it before. Is it possible? I don't, I'm not up to date, right up to date, uh, to date with Liverpool news. Is there any chance that Van Dijk could be back for a European Cup final? I, I, everything coming out the club is no. Oh, right. Okay. What he's saying himself is something totally different. He wants to play in the Euros. So he's saying he's going to be back for the Euros, which would mean that he might be back for the... Anyway, if we get to the final, let's let's cover that when we get to it. But yes, yeah, no, no, it would be exactly. a lovely but, thing. It, and wouldn't it be unfair if we did get to a final? Then you know, Phillips and Quebec. You would think Phillips would be the one who'd miss out if, if Van Dyke came back. Yeah, it'd be a shame for that lad. You know, if he's got us there, I mean, we need some big performances out. Of him, but it's all you know, it's all pie in the sky, and it's lovely to talk to you about it. You know, it's it is exciting, and you kind of don't want to get excited, but you do because we've had a crap season, but. Let's just before I let you go. Um, I'm desperate to talk to you about what you've done charity wise. Like you've done um, nearly two million pounds you've raised over the course of the lockdown. Tell me, tell us all about that. Yeah, so today is the actual anniversary. It's my I promised to do a calendar year. I've been sending out these gift packages to the NHS, like shampoos, conditioners, treatments, hair dryers, rollers, you name it. And I started a little fund myself. I thought I'll send out some boxes because I had a very a terrible head accident a few years ago. Right. And Sir Thomas Hospital basically saved my life. And I thought one day I'll be able to repay that favour. And I sent out some products. One nurse posted a picture of her little present and it just started going bananas. And I was getting pallets of products sent here. I started nice. doing GMTV and Piers Morgan in the mornings. I was doing Sky and ITV and Graham Norton. I basically went on every chat show, every morning show, every radio show, and I started raising funds and, and, and gift sets to send out to NHS. And after the second lockdown, I decided to open up pop-up shops around the country. And Ken Seven sponsored... The, my, my pop-up shop at the Sir Thomas Hotel. Mm. So it was wonderful to have not only to go to the city of Liverpool when it was in lockdown, but to, I think we did about 600 haircuts on NHS workers and we gave them, Sir Thomas provided them with cocktails and I gave them their gift boxes. And it was just magical to have Ken Seven behind the whole project. It was brilliant. And I did the same thing in Manchester. I did it in London and Birmingham. So it's been it's been a year today. We have an exhibition running at the moment in London at the Maddox Gallery. I did this amazing collection with ranking with NHS workers. 
And yeah, I'm close to I'm close to that two million pound in donations. And it's kept me good. It's kept me. I suffer a little bit with my head and anxiety. And it's it's basically I don't want to jinx myself. It kind of cured me. I've been feeling very good the last nine months and mm. I've enjoyed the trips down to Liverpool with, with the gift boxes. And it's just when you see those nurses, it's an amazing feeling. Plus, we had three NHS workers from uh, Aintree Hospital, part of the photo shoot. So it's um, it's just been a great way to stay focused, stay busy. And if you can raise a few quid and do something positive on the back of it, everyone's you, a winner. So did you aim yeah. for that amount of money? Did you? That was hundred grand. Sound to me, I was going to say it doesn't sound to me that you had any idea that that sort of money was possible. Hundred thousand. I thought if I can get to a hundred thousand it would be like a sensible number for a man who's got a bit of a profile and is in an industry where I know quite a few people, but it just went from a hundred to 300. And then as soon as I started hitting the, the, the morning shows, it just blew up. And it was only this morning. I had a phone call where a company rang me and said, how far are you from the two million? I went about 75. They went, well, we'll put 30 money, wow. 30 cash and 20 products i said i can't take cash but you can put it into the the nhs thing so it's i've got two and a half weeks left and I'll, i'm gonna do the two million even if i've got to put the the last bit in myself i i, I want to reach the two million and the first drop off second drop off was liverpool but the last delivery will be liverpool on the last day and it's just nice to be able to, an excuse to go to Liverpool. It's a great excuse to go to the club because every time I go to Liverpool, even if I'm on business, I always go to Anfield. I always stand in front of those gates, whether it's closed or open. And it's just a little kind of, it feels good for me. Whenever I yeah. walk near that ground, pins and needles, there's not even a match. There's not even a game on. I get that. <sighs> I imagine the sound, I imagine the singing and the first chance I get to be back at the club, back at the ground, I don't care if it costs me 50 grand a ticket, I'm going to the first game with fans back at Anfield. Yeah. Facts. So, no, it's, um, it's been a good, it's been a great year. It's been good to do something positive and I've still enjoyed watching Liverpool. I always will. And if I get a bit down sometimes i just replay last year or the year before or i replay the champions league or the barcelona 4-3 we have so many great memories at our club there's a little thing called youtube and you stick in a name in your bedroom and you lie back and you just smile you think remember all you fans out there we'll be back keep supporting the club always be behind the club respect the club what they've done the last three or four years especially we need to be grateful and we need to be we need to be thankful that we have this oh we've had a bad season come on boys and girls we're going to be back next year with fans it's never felt as good to be a liverpool fan never in my lifetime it feels amazing Brilliant. Well, listen, we'll leave it there. But thanks very much, mate. We'll put a link. Can we have a link to, is it a Just Giving page or something? Yeah, a little Just Giving, yeah. I'll send you a little link. Yeah, I'll put a link in the uh, in the YouTube description in, in case anyone wants to donate. And um, lovely. So, AD, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. If you're just watching this, just give us a subscribe to the channel and like the video as well. But thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. Lovely talking to you. Take care. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> Cheers, mate. 
Podcast Network.